this whole thing, mask it, is about way more than uh, money for me. Like, I just actually really believe right. that, like, I'm the one who's supposed to bring this to the world. So, what does the cleaning industry really talk about? Beyond Clean with Ace is a podcast to explore just that. Now, in its sixth season, Beyond Clean with Ace has hosted hundreds of influencers from around the globe. Listen to people who are excited about providing healthy, positive, and proactive information. Share their experiences, passions, and helpful tips. Now let's join our host, Dave Thompson, Director for the Academy of Cleaning Excellence, as he speaks with yet another leading influencer from our industry. Hello, everyone. This is Dave Thompson. I am your host here at Beyond Clean with Ace, a podcast where the cleaning industry talks about, well, virtually anything and everything. We like three words, healthy, positive, and proactive. Now, you might notice that I am not by myself today. You do not have to listen to me for the whole hour. It's not that boring. No, I didn't think I was boring anyway. Anyway, uh, Shalon, you are on the West Coast, if I'm remembering correctly. Yep, I am. I'm right in Southern Oregon, little tiny town, Southern Oregon. Southern Oregon. You know, it's got that. You know, I don't. I don't want to know why we always talk about temperature these days. But you know, global warming and the temperature craze has just been something this summer that's covering all of us. Uh, what's the? Yeah. What's it like over in Oregon? I mean, I'm in Florida, so it's hot all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I, I mean, our weather has been like all over the place. Like, I'm not even kidding. Like on July 3rd, I had like a foot of like just thick hell like all over my back deck like it came down so hard it like broke the little roof of our overhang and then like a week later like we're in like more than 100 degree temperatures like it's just been like i mean honestly today i think it's gonna be like 102 it's been like 100 100 and then you know we then have the wildfires to worry about so we actually there was a wildfire just probably like 10 miles south of our town that started Ooh about a week and a half ago and then you know then you get socked in with smoke and like it's i mean it's just been crazy the last like several summers like the fires have been insane and it's mostly because it's so much hotter and drier than it ever would have been in the past and so it definitely is impacting us like on a daily basis <laughs> now folks you're probably wondering why we start talking about weather and and there's not a reason for it it's just the fact that shalon and i well We've kind of known each other for a while. Um, she was down here at Gym Supply, our sponsor, and brought us a, a unique product that took care of a, a certain, well, issue, and one that will always be around as long as there's women in the world, correct? Yep, that's right. So yep. why don't you tell the audience a little bit about what Shalana is doing, how long you've been doing it, and what's this uh, women's product? Okay. Yeah, no worries. Um, so really there's always been a major discrepancy in the way that blood is treated in every other environment in comparison to the women's public restroom setting. And so what our primary focus is, is to address bloodborne pathogen exposure risk um, in that very setting. So Masket is a product I invented um, and ultimately it's a single use plant-based disposal bag. But what makes it so unique is it actually provides glove-like protection during the removal of a menstrual item. It inverts to self-contain everything and then seals permanently shut. And so 
through that process, if you can imagine the glove light protection is helping reduce touch point contamination throughout the restroom, uh, rest but also the fact that everything is sealed inside um, is gonna prevent custodial staff from occupational exposure risk as well. So we're really focused on the health and safety aspect of the women's public restroom that's sort of been ignored probably because people are uncomfortable talking about menstruation generally. Um, and that's really not a good thing because ultimately it's just leaving everyone who uses a public restroom um, at risk as well as custodial staff. Um, because people who are familiar with bloodborne pathogens know that like Hep B, Hep C, MRSA, they're all living on surfaces outside the body, even in dried blood. So, um, and you can contract these things through mucous membranes, small cuts abrasions on the fingers. It really doesn't take as much as you might think. And so when you think about the fact that currently people are handling blood um, and then they're touching receptacles and flushing toilets and opening stall doors and soap and water, all the touch points you can imagine, it actually is kind of a serious issue that should have been addressed a long time ago. And I guess I'm, I don't know. I don't know why it didn't already exist to be honest, like, but I'm the one who had the idea and I'm not giving up. So we're just trying to, yeah, focus on that health and safety. Um, the good thing for facilities is that um, it, although they've been kind of putting the health and safety aspect to the side, most facilities do struggle with like plumbing issues from people flushing menstrual items. Um, there's like a big overconsumption of toilet paper because right now that's all that's being provided in stalls. So people are trying to cover blood saturated items in toilet paper and then that doesn't work very well. So the receptacles become dirty. It's always been a pain point for custodial staff, if you will. Um, and our product not only addresses health and safety, but our dispenser that goes in every single restroom stall instructs people not to flush. So do not flush your menstrual hygiene items. Um, we're providing this solution for you to, uh, you know, sanitary and safe disposal of your items. So what happens is that facilities who implement our product see a reduction in plumbing issues, reduction in toilet paper consumption, overall happier custodial staff. And at the end of the day, they're really providing just a superior guest experience for anyone who's using the restroom. So that's kind of what we do. Yeah, you know, the thing about it is, is you started this just well, not all that long before COVID, and you've managed to stay viable through the pandemic. Uh, yeah. let, let's talk a little bit about that journey, because I, I think it was you and your daughter that was, if I remember right, and, and that issue that got it all started uh, out of a family need. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the the, the moment of my idea really happened in my own house. So, um yeah, I it was back actually in the fall of 2012 when I first had the idea. I was uh, walking down the hallway in my house and I opened the guest bathroom door and I see this trash can that's just like overflowing with toilet paper and, you know, all the wrappers and whatnot from, you know, menstrual hygiene. And I just had this moment of like frustration because there was really nothing else that we could do. I have, I have three daughters, so let me, I guess, go back and say that. So at the time I had two teenage daughters, um, they were menstruating and they knew we couldn't flush. So they were really ultimately doing all that we could do, which is trying to wrap their stuff in toilet paper and put it in the, the trash can. But I just had this moment of like, oh my God, there's gotta be a better way. Um, <laughs> I, I had had a background um, working in medical environments. So I was actually a unit secretary in an emergency department in San Francisco, um, probably in like 2000, three to 2008 ish. And 
Um, when I was working there is when I first became educated about bloodborne pathogens. And it's also when I noticed the discrepancy. Um, and in fact, I was like, is, is menstrual blood blood? Like, I was like, asking yeah, well, yeah, yeah, it's blood. I mean, come on. Yeah, it's, it, it's, yeah, so like, it's a body fluid, right? Exactly. So I was like, had all these red flags going up. I'm like, it's taken so seriously here. But then I go into the restroom and like, I'm seeing blood like on the receptacle, like less than a foot away from me. Like, you know, like nothing's happening. So I, I had had like a unique perspective that I think just like, like everything in my life led to this moment of why I was able to come up with this idea that would be beneficial, like not only at home, but also in the public restroom settings. I was like, why couldn't you just have something you put on your hand before you remove your item, invert to self-contain and seal it shut. I wanted something that would um, block odor on a molecular level that didn't have an extra scent. I wanted something that wouldn't leak. It had to be soft and flexible. And so that sounds a lot like plastic, right? <laughs> um, but I wasn't, um, so essentially I went into my kitchen, started making prototypes, I'll fast forward. But when I was doing research, I um, realized 20 billion tampons and pads go to US landfills every year. And in that moment, I actually made a conscious decision that I would do nothing with my idea unless I could find a truly environmentally friendly way to do it. Cause I wasn't about to contribute potentially, you know, 20 billion single-use plastics to landfills every year to address. You, just, you didn't want to just be another one adding to the whole whole list of all the issues. You were trying to solve one, not create exactly, one. Exactly. So fast forward six months um, and a lot of research and hours I can't even count. Um, I eventually found 100% plant-based biofilm. So it's actually already organic material. Um, I felt really confident and great about using that as our film and then it took me another year and a half before I was able to find a U.S. manufacturing facility that would convert it at like high production levels. Um, so that was also a journey. So then fall of 2014, we had launched um, initially for home use because even though in my business plan, I wanted to launch public restrooms first, um, I had run out of money. I'd spent all my money back to all my credit cards, like just trying to bring the product to life. Um, and so for the first couple of years, we were focused on like Amazon and then also retail sales. We got into um, probably more than 500 um, retail locations, including like outdoor stores. So like REI, Sportsman's Warehouse, um, different places where like people may be shopping for a product to be able to pack it in, pack it out type of thing, right? Um, for the outdoors. And then um, we got summer of 2016, we had gotten enough attention locally. I actually got my first outside investment and then I was able to um, get the wall-mounted dispenser for the public restroom settings. So we launched that the fall of 2016. Um, we launched at ISSA in Chicago, if anyone was there. That was our first um, little dabble into the Jansan industry. Picked up our first couple of distributors. Um, and then as you can imagine, like if you are in the industry and educated, this product just makes so much sense. Um, but that was kind of the journey. You know, our, our goal was to be able to use janitorial distribution throughout the country to be able to bring this to as many people as possible. Um, fast forward by the fall of 2019, um, we, I think at that point we were in about 45 airports, probably like 50 plus colleges and universities. Like we were really starting to get traction, like we were getting noticed. Um, and then of course the beginning of 2020, and, and then and then all hell broke loose and nothing yeah. happened. Everything shut down and and you're going, man, I should have stayed in the home market. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was actually just like 
holding my breath because I was like, is anything that we've done even going to matter? Like it was such, I'm sure as everyone experienced just so much unknown and uncertainty and like what's going to happen. Um, because interestingly, when we did get the Walmart dispenser, we completely shifted our efforts to the public restroom setting. And we were just letting the other side of the business grow as it would, because um, in my opinion, Masket could benefit public restrooms like significantly in reducing plumbing issues, cleanliness, all the things, but it would also right. benefit women. And then also my idea was that then menstruators would actually see this in the public restroom setting. They would then use it. They would like it. And then hopefully they would try and find us and buy it for their home as well. So it was kind of like just all made much more sense to focus in that area. Um, but then but again, if everybody quit moving around and nobody's in the buildings and nobody flying in planes going to the restrooms, uh, yes. all of that kind of goes screeching halt. Exactly. And, and, so, you know, and I, think the, I think the interesting thing here as we talk about this, you know, is you're not the normal entrepreneur in the cleaning industry. I mean, you're you're probably one of a handful of of women that have made it into into the Jan Sand as a viable, reasonable, you know, uh, business that's going that's sticking. And then you had to have you know, I just had to think, oh gosh, what have I and what do I do now? Right. Yeah. No, for sure. I think it's interesting because although like, of course, the first few weeks I did have like this feeling of like almost panic, like it took it a little while for it to really hit us because we had so much traction, like people were still kind of ordering in the very beginning of COVID. I don't think anyone realized like how long it would last, like right, what, right. You know, what was going on. But then I also had um, just kind of an overwhelming sense of peace. And I think it's just because I truly like really believe in what we're doing. Um, this whole thing, mask it, is about way more than uh, money for me. Like, I just actually really believe right. that, like, I'm the one who's supposed to bring this to the world. So I just kind of, like, went with that feeling of peace. And um, luckily, our home solutions, like, maybe because a lot of these workers went home, because we were also in a lot of Fortune 500 companies by the fall of 2019. Um, but our home sales, like, on Amazon just kind of skyrocketed. Um, we had a private label partner as well um, that that business also grew. So we actually ended up showing growth in both 2020 and 2021, which was a miracle. I mean, really, it was very, very exciting for us because, well, um, what, you know, women, women still were the, here. They were just not in the workplace. They still exactly. needed exactly what you started at Hull. You know, because of that waste can at home with the three girls. I mean, that's exactly. still that still was an issue. That still is what women were dealing with. Exactly. And your reason for being wasn't gone. You had to kind of just kind of take a break and yeah, uh, and let the air out and kind of relax in a way. And then, Oh, wait a minute. We got another wave coming. Right. Exactly. So that continued to grow. And then, um, gosh, I feel like, What's interesting for us, and you know, because you knew me early on, like we've always been focused on health and safety well before a pandemic hit. Right. And so like in the back of my mind, I also was hopeful that like, hey, anybody who's been interested in mask it before and maybe hadn't pulled the trigger yet, like perhaps this whole COVID experience is going to give people a little bit more 
um, perspective on how important it is to keep like facilities really nice and clean and prevent the spread of disease. Yeah, um, all of a sudden, everybody suddenly realized that there's a whole industry that they that they need, and they yeah. were like struggling with what do we do now? All of a sudden, in a panic, and exactly. we're going knock knock. We've always been here. Wake right. up, folks. Yeah, yeah exactly. you know, the need didn't start just because of the pandemic. And and by the way, uh, folks, yeah. if you're listening to this podcast or watching us on video right now. Uh, will always be here. There will always be a need because it doesn't change. We're always doing what we're doing. Exactly, exactly. So yeah, so it was pretty um, pretty interesting, but like, I mean, we, again, like I said, like now we're seeing like all of that facility solutions business coming back. We still have um, a lot of Fortune 500s that aren't fully back to work, but we have a lot of new Fortune 500s that have been moving forward with the solution the beginning of this year as they're preparing to bring people back to work. So not only is it like, you know, health and safety in general is great, but mask it is actually kind of a visible way for facilities to show like their employees or guests that they care um, because we actually provide educational signage for the back of stall doors, which shares like, hey, we care about you. We're providing this to you for safe sanitary disposal. We're providing you a touch-free experience because mask it really is the only touch-free experience available for menstrual hygiene disposal. So yeah, I mean, today I think we're in like 76 airports, um, more than hundred colleges and universities and full campus implementations, even with universities like Georgia Tech, um, of course, like Texas Christian University, Clemson, like the list goes on. So we've seen like universities who were maybe, maybe using um, on just a small area of campus pre-COVID who are now like, okay, yeah, this really worked. We want it everywhere. Um, or like, for example, we had in the fall of 2019 went to a Geico call center in San Diego. They had excellent results. And now this year they'll be moving forward with all of their call centers. Like, so that's kind of how we're seeing like this amazing growth. Um, the beginning of this year is people who were kind of dabbling in it before experienced COVID. And now they're like, yes, we actually really need this everywhere. You know, what's interesting is, and, and I said this a minute ago, is women in the cleaning industry um, don't, you know, I, I just feel like don't get a fair shake a lot of times, get recognized. And I noticed another yeah. woman-owned business um, that, I, and I'm not sure, I, maybe you know a little bit more about the history of, of, of the ladies and what they're doing, but I, I noticed this recently because as you said, with the pandemic and everything, a lot of different things came out of that uh, right. and probably still will as we go through the next one and the next one. It's coming yet to be seen. But yep. now there are two women that had an issue at home in a public place. I, it was just so uh, coincidental that I then happened to see something and Here's Shalon's face on the front cover of Fortune or of uh, Forbes. And I'm yeah. going, okay, we got to talk, girl. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Um, so I guess like bringing it back to your original question, like the women being a woman entrepreneur in the industry, um, I think like at first it was honestly kind of like a social experiment. Um, because as you know, like most of the people in the Jansan industry are male. Like, let's just be honest. Like um, the distributors we were working with, we would be lucky if there were one or two 
female sales reps of like 25. Like it was like so male dominated. It was just like extraordinarily interesting for me as a woman to be bringing this product that's related to, you know, needs for menstruators um, um, in facilities. And then most of the facility managers were also male. And so it was like, it was just very interesting because some men were actually very, um, I think all men were somewhat familiar with the problem because either they heard about it from custodial staff or maybe they heard about it from their wife or a daughter or whatnot. So everyone, whether or not they wanted to admit it was kind of familiar with it. And some people were like, yes, yes, yes. And then other people were just literally like, please don't talk to me about this. I don't want to talk to you about this. Let me, <laughs> let me get somebody else that you can talk to, but it's not me. Like, you know, so it was, it was very, very interesting, but I just was like, you know, trying to be patient. The way I approached it is I'm very comfortable with the topic. Like this is really just a part of life. This impacts half the population of the world. Like Absolutely. it's kind of, um, kind of ridiculous that it would be an uncomfortable conversation in, you know, the year 2017, 2018. I mean, wow. Right. So, so yeah. I was very at ease and I think, um, I definitely could see people become more at ease the more I talked because I really wasn't like focused on talking about the specifics of menstruation. I was just talking about the reality of what happens like in this public restroom setting and people are handling blood and just, you right. know, comparing it to other um, things that they did in the facility. Like if there's blood in the lobby of a facility, then what happens? And getting them to recognize, oh gosh, we bring out the bloodborne pathogen kit. We take all these precautions, right. we do all this stuff. So. I was very much focused on just facts and remaining at ease myself. So I think that really helped. Um, and then I think the more we became, you know, known in the industry and known among facilities, like it became easier and easier because people were talking about us when we weren't around, you know, like, or, or even like at ISSA, right? Like somebody would come up and talk to our booth and then we'd have other people come up and be like, I heard about you from this or that or, or the other, because it was just so unique and different. Um, for me personally, like if I'm being totally honest, like I don't think of myself as a woman entrepreneur. Um, I really just think of myself as an entrepreneur. Um, and so in some ways it's like um, an interesting question because like I've, I didn't enter this whole mission of bringing the solution to market thinking I'm a woman. Um, I just was thinking there is a need and I'm going to do something about it. Um, and so like I wouldn't know it any other way because I guess I am a woman, but I don't think of myself as that. So I've never let the fact that I'm a woman really intimidate me from anything. Um, I do. And I have recognized, unfortunately, through this ex uh, experience that there's definitely a lot of discrimination in ways that you might not really think about. But, you know, one being like um, if you're trying to raise money as a woman, um, investors definitely do not invest as much in women-owned companies as they do in men. Like the, the oh, statistics are like crazy. It's like something like less than 3% of all investment money goes to women-owned companies. So there is why, definitely- why do, you think, why do you think that is though? Do you think it's because there's not a, not a, a lot of women like you and the other two ladies actually in this industry doing it? Or is it because- they're 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 so occupied i mean you know there's a lot of things that pull all of us all kinds of directions right no definitely um you know it partially yeah i bet partially that there's just not as many women out there trying to do entrepreneurial things but of the ones that are i think that there just is like 
some skepticism. And I think it's just cultural. I think it's like cultural. Um, I don't know what, what would you call it? Like misconceptions, like over time, like people have just thought of women as not being in the workplace or the business place, which obviously that has changed at this point. Like there's a large majority of the workforce right. is women, but there's still like these old ideas um, that I think impact the decisions of some investors. So that's one area where I've noticed like that it's kind of an unfair, you know, disadvantage that I am a woman because if I was a man bringing the same idea to the same investment group, like it potentially could have been different. So that's one area. But on the, where other, hand, but on the other hand, though, a man would not have approached this with the no. same <laughs> mission, the same view. There, a man could not have done it. And that's why it didn't exist. Exactly. Exactly. Right? No, I agree with you fully. But yeah, so that's one area where I've noticed. And then the other area, which is so interesting, um, but people out there may think like um, being like a certified women-owned business is supposed to be seen as an advantage in some ways because there are like government and certain like large corporations and companies who are making it a goal to do a certain amount of business with, you know, diversity on businesses or women owned businesses or minority owned businesses, whatnot. Right. right. But this is an interesting thing. Um, like we do business with huge companies like Google and, you know, like I mentioned before, Geico, Texas Instruments, like distributors, we have lots of government business and we've earned all of that business throughout this journey um, from the beginning. But recently, like I had gone to a certified women owned business national council conference. And there's a lot of large corporations there and they are looking for diversity owned businesses. But here's the thing, like they make you fill out all this paperwork. Like they ask you about your sales numbers. They ask you like financial information. They ask you all this information. So it's almost like it feels like discrimination because even though I'm doing business with like huge companies, um, that should be enough. Like I can give them references. Right. But they're like what? if I was a man owned company, I would never be asked by corporations for our financials or like how many sales we're doing. Like we obviously have been around for a while. We're doing great business with a huge, huge places. And so I felt like just honestly that it was almost like an opportunity to discriminate. Cause if I had seen like those companies outside of that, you know, conference, like I would never be asked for that kind of information. So I know they say it's an advantage, but I actually think it's kind of discrimination. So, How does it feel now then after all of that being said? And I understand both sides of that. And I'm, I mean, yeah. you know, I've, I've, I've done enough with government to understand red tape and all of the, uh, yeah. all of the crossing T's and dotting I's. And I can only yeah. imagine, and I know some people that have went through what you're going, have went through already. Yeah, but I don't know that I know anybody that's been on the cover of Forbes. That had to be an experience. <laughs> yes, I mean that was definitely a pinnacle moment for my journey, um, and I have all sorts of stories from my entrepreneurial entrepreneurial journey. But it's definitely been like one of the most challenging things I've ever done, and it's a hundred percent a roller coaster. Um, and I think if I wasn't so um, determined and I didn't have such a hundred percent belief in what I'm doing, like there would have been multiple times I would have wanted to quit. Um, so, but I just wouldn't allow myself to go there. So yes, um, originally, like I was interviewed by a writer from Entrepreneur and Forbes, and that was a surreal moment just 
even that they would be interested in interviewing me. And, you know, we, I think we had become known to them um, because we had been recognized as like a top 13 brands, uh, mindful brands making a difference in 2022. Um, and that was really based on the fact that we're trying to impact the environment in a positive way. Um, we're impacting health and safety. Like we have all these aspects. We actually plant a tree for every product we sell. So we have like all these very brand specific things we do that make us a mindful brand. Um, and then, yeah, when I had that interview, I just was like, so um, flattered that they would even want to talk to me, to be honest, um, but so also excited. And then, yeah, when I saw my face on the cover of Forbes in the article, which was very well written, actually, I love the article. So um, anybody who wants to read a good article should go and read it. It's not just about me. It's just in general about women entrepreneurs and like, um, you know, the challenges that we face and how at some point, hopefully we'll be recognized as just entrepreneurs and not necessarily women entrepreneurs. So. <laughs> Oh, but you'll yeah. take it for now because that's, I mean, I see the smile and the glow on your face all of a sudden, you know, so yeah. I know that, yeah. uh, I mean, that is, that is definitely one, if you reach something higher than that, there's, that's another bar up, huh? Yeah, yeah, for sure. No, it definitely, um, yeah, it was one of those moments where, you know, you just have like, just this internal, like, yes, like this is, this is, this is what all this hard work has been about. Like we're finally getting recognized for what we're doing because it does matter, you know. Um, so and we're, 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 is there a pivot or is there another hill to climb for 23 and on beyond? I mean, uh, you know, people are saying, and you said that, you know, a lot of people are coming back to the workplace. Some of the workplaces aren't going to come back like they were before, but then others now recognize that this is an issue. So, I'm not yeah. sure it's going to play bad for you. I think it's probably going to be an upward journey. Is there yeah. something that we're going to pivot to later? Or are we just going to keep pushing this train? Uh, no, I mean, we're definitely plan to keep pushing in what we're doing. What our goal is as a company wouldn't be um, to be able to provide a complete solution for menstruation at some point. So, um, you know, we are very much like organic and, you know, biodegradable type of company. And so um, it would be great if we could um, at some point be offering like the whole solution, like whatever anyone needs for the, the bathroom related to menstrual care. So um, addition, you know, in addition to the menstrual hygiene disposal that we would then also offer other menstrual care items. Um, but we also um, plan to not pivot, but we've always had this in the plan is just kind of to expand our line. So this concept um, can really be translated to a lot of different things um, that are hygiene related. So um, we're developing a larger size right now that could be used for adult incontinence products. Um, we already have a bladder pad and liner size, but for example, like adult diapers. So when uh, I'm... You went right where I was going to ask you if you were going, because it's one of these things I realize when you go, you, you know, and I got to, and I mean, you know, hey, my wife's probably going to shoot me when she hears this. But, you know, the thing is, is we're both over 60s and yeah. those issues are now something that we are looking at. OK, right. and mm -hmm. you go to the grocery store and there's a whole aisle full of those. Uh, just as many uh, options and choices and take up as much self space as the baby diapers. Oh, so, there, you know, I've always thought there's got to be a place for, for people to discreetly go and dispose of these in a yeah. restroom, but there isn't. Exactly. And, and, and so you're going down 
that that's what I was about to ask you. You were going to go pivot that direction. Here you are. You're already. Yeah. So I would say expand, expanding, you know, maybe rather than pivoting our, our, my original passion obviously is um, menstrual hygiene disposal. But at the same time, like we already do have a size that works for um, bladder pads and liners, but just like I was saying, like I, even yesterday I was in an airport dropping off my daughter and um, our local custodial staff knows who I am. So I'm at the airport and he pulled me aside because we've been talking about this for a while, but what they um, end up finding is like full adult size diapers that are stuffed into the menstrual receptacles, um, especially in the handicapped stalls. So, or people are just putting them out in the regular trash, but more likely they're going to leave them in the stall because they don't want to carry it out. So, oh yeah, yeah. Is, I mean, I've I've seen I've seen it. You know, they just yeah. lay it on the floor because there's no other place to put yeah. it, and they're not going to carry it out with them. That ain't exactly. want to be seen with it. Exactly. So, um, what makes us unique is like again that we're going to be offering this plant-based product um, that blocks odor on a molecular level that will prevent leaks. So um, ultimately, yes, our vision would be that we can also offer a solution, perhaps even just for the handicapped stalls that provides these discrete disposal bags for those adult um, diapers. And then the other area that we're also developing, and we have prototypes on both of these that are in development right now, um, is for baby diapers. So a little um, dispenser that would go next to the diaper changing stations um, that would provide, a, you know, the, the same features like plant-based blocks that are on molecular level will, will hold everything in. So, um, and the reason for that one is because um, I've heard from custodial staff that um, moms will take the diaper and just put it in the regular trash can, like with the paper towels and everything else. And then the odor from those baby diapers smells up the entire restroom. Like it can be just like one baby diaper that can impact how clean the restroom yeah, it's, it's, it's the same odor issue that you're talking about, about menstrual yeah. items, about uh, adult uh, uh, items, baby changing. And, you know, the thing is, is I was all of this kind of goes into one kind of big hygiene area as we're talking here, yeah. folks, because, yeah. you know, whenever whenever they came out with the baby changing law for uh, uh, government facilities, that men's restrooms yeah. had to have them as well as women. Then I yeah. got to looking into how do you clean these things? And I was looking at the protocol for how do you clean these baby changing stations? And I was appalled at the fact of what people were putting out, how to take care of them. And recently I saw something with these two ladies that we just talked about that have yeah. a, uh, a proclaimed uh, self sanitizing using UV light for the baby changing table. And I'm yeah. still thinking about it. As I look through all of that stuff, nobody's talking about cleaning it before you close it. So there's got to be some way to actually wipe that station down. Where are you going to throw that? And then I look over the whole thing, and here it still is. There's no receptacle for the diaper. Right. And, and you're hitting all of those points. And I think there's a lot yet to be done because... You know, this 5% of the building, which is the restroom, is only 5% of the building. Yeah. There's still 50% of the complaints, and those complaints are odor. Yeah. No, for sure. I, I totally agree with you. So, so yeah. So, we have exciting things like that. So, we've, we plan to expand. But I do think, um, you know, at the end of the day, like, even though, like you said early on, like we, like on Shark Tank, like we may be considered like a one product company. Um, there's a need for this one product we have in a lot of different variations and sizes for a lot of different products. So 
Um, yeah, I think we have huge potential to continue to grow. And my vision would be that at some point, um, Masket is in every single public restroom stall because it really is truly the only touch-free experience available for health and safety reasons alone. I think, um, you know, that it should be everywhere. So I'm excited about that. And I'm um, looking forward to being able to bring more solutions really also for custodial staff, right? Like the fact when everything is enclosed and sealed before they have to handle it is a huge advantage for them as well, so. Well, if I were one of the custodial staff still today, I would be thanking you, but I'm not. <laughs> I'm not doing it, but I'm still thanking you for actually bringing something about that's helping them because uh, yes. all the years that I've done it, I've always, well, had disdain for that. And there's yeah. many women and men, all included, that do yeah. not take care of those facilities for the simple reason there wasn't a good way to do it. So, uh, you know, I know from your side, it's the user, but from my side, it's the person who has to clean up after the users. Well, and we appreciate the fact of what you've done for our industry as well. <laughs> I can tell yeah. you that. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, if I, if that were my job, I would certainly want to be cleaning a restroom where mask it was provided <laughs> versus one that was not. So, um, so yeah, I, advantage for there. And then I also agree with you. I think that it's going to be interesting to see what happens with time. Um, like I know Brittany um, Heiser, I think she is doing the Pluey thing um, with the diaper changing stations. And she's an awesome uh, person as well. And just really out there pushing her product. Um, so props to her. But I think um, the more that time goes on, the more women who start interjecting with their perspective it will be interesting to see what happens in the restroom, right? Because if you think about like the um, advancements, like in the men's restroom, like we we literally have special toilets for men um, because they don't want to sit down, right? And then we have like these special things that we put in those special toilets so that things don't splash or things don't, uh, you know, like create odor. Okay, now, okay. So, so now that you're talking about this, you're going to make me talk about something else here, Sean. <laughs> One of my pet peeves about all public restrooms yes. is that there's no lid on the toilets. Right. And people go, but, but that's something you have to clean. I'm going, wait a minute. Do you realize that every toilet in a public restroom sneezes and yeah. there's what's called a toilet sneeze and it spreads all of these germs and bacteria that you're so concerned about that we're in there trying to control. And every yeah. time you flush it without a lid and then of course, then the ladies come along and say, do you know how much trouble it would be if there was a lid on every toilet? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, but, you know, I'm about infection prevention. Yeah. Exactly. And, you know, you close the lid before you flush. Um, and yeah. gentlemen, if you're listening to this, a urinal has a urinal sneeze as well. Yeah. So guys, don't think that just because you go to the urinal that when you flush it, it doesn't come back on you because it does. Totally. Yeah. So well, that's my, too much information, right? I mean, we were. <laughs> yeah. No. No. But my point being, like, because you know, facility management, because the Jansen industry has been so male dominated, we have all these special things for the men's restroom. You know. You know. Like I said, including something to stand on, like um, you know, these little urinal cakes in the bottom of the urinals, which are a special toilet designed for men because they prefer to pee a different way, right? But. Now that we, um, if we start looking at the other side, like there just really hasn't been as many women in the industry, but I think that 
um, hopefully like what we're doing, like what I'm doing, what um, Brittany Heiser is doing, what Claire Coder is doing, like with the amp flow stuff, like I think the more women that interject themselves into spotting out the problems that we come across in the public restroom setting, the more innovation and the more things that we're going to see improve in the women's public restroom setting. So even though um, it may not seem like a glamorous industry to be in for a woman, I think women are very much needed in the industry because we have a unique perspective. We have different issues and different problems. Yeah, and, right. you know, even though um, they may not be talked about as much at this time, like I hope as time goes on and more and more, um, you know, education is available for people, like people will feel more comfortable coming up, you know, out with the problems that they have. And I think there's still a lot of room for improvement in innovation in the women's public restroom setting, in addition to menstrual hygiene disposal practices. I mean, yeah, women, mm -hmm. I think there's going to be more uh, because people are understanding that and I, I think this is what COVID has done for the business climate. Yeah. It has pushed people to think, and as I said, pivot to different things that they were not doing before and to look uh, further at what's going on. And I think you're bringing about something that you saw before this. Um, yeah. <laughs> there's more women in the workplace than there ever has been. And exactly. I think that we also are looking at the newer generation now a mission statement is much more important. And I think that's kind of one of what you're thinking you're bringing up here is that yeah. there is a purpose and a mission behind just the product itself. And I think that's, I think all of these things are going to kind of drive what you're talking about. Yeah. I, I don't know, just 23, but even in further than that. Right. Exactly. And I think, um, you know, that being said, like, we are a mission-based company. And I think that any truly mission-based company is always going to have an advantage because there's so much more behind it than just like having a successful business or, or making money. Right. But right. Um, I think what's, what's interesting is like, as you're right with the new generations, like we have different perspective coming in. And I think people genuinely care about companies who are doing good things. Right. So I think, um, there's definitely an advantage to that. So I have to ask a question though, because I was thinking about this. You know, you've got three daughters, and you said you were putting one on an airplane. And I'm thinking, yeah, um, are they anywhere involved in any of this, or what? Yeah, you, I'm kind of curious there. Yeah. If you can divulge any of that. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, actually, my oldest daughter runs operations for the company. Like she. Okay. Was, she was brilliant. Um, she actually graduated with her bachelor's degree at 20 years old. Um, and she just has come in. She started working for the company, I think in 2018, 2017 or 2018, she came in and she has just been an incredible asset. Um, and then I, my second daughter, she also has worked for Masket part-time. She actually has a baby now. So not so much anymore. <laughs> so she, so she, I have a little grandbaby. Her name's Kalea and she's amazing. Um, and then congratulations, um, my, Grandma. Thank you. And then my uh, youngest daughter, she's going to be a sophomore in high school, and she actually will also come in and help part time. So all of my daughters have been involved in some way at some point in the business for sure. Well, I, you know, hey, I appreciate an hour of your time. I mean, you yeah. know, I, I got to tell you, uh, this is an experience for me because I've never talked to anybody that was on the cover of Forbes. So hey, what the heck? Yeah, I, yeah it's great too. Um, wow. There's got to be something on the bucket list. 
you know, I'm going to, I usually say for this year, but there's not much left of this year. So I'm going to go this way. What's on your personal bucket list for 23 next year? So not business wise, something that you want to do for yourself. Okay. I mean, I just already know what it is. <laughs> oh, hey, that was quick. All right, good. Yeah. So um, I actually just during COVID got married. So my Congratulations. husband, Josh, he actually works with me and we had a very small, just my three daughters in the living room got married in December 12th, 2020 because of COVID. We didn't do anything big, but that means we also have still not been on a honeymoon. Uh-huh. <laughs> and there's this particular cruise that I really want to go on. It actually, um, I think it starts in Hawaii and it goes to all the Hawaiian islands and then it goes to the South Pacific and you get to go to all the Tahiti islands and it's a two week long cruise. Wow. And I just, I really want that vacation. So I'm hoping by next year we're going to be able to do that. Okay. So maybe by August of next year, we need to get you back on to see if you got that bucket list done, right? Yeah, let's do it. (laughs) Sounds good to me. Um, Folks, if you're watching the video, We've had uh, Maskett, uh, uh, the website, and her uh, email address running across the ticker uh, through the whole podcast. If you're listening to the podcast, go into the show notes. You can get all of that information there. Um, you know, we're so glad to have you on, and you know, you're welcome to come back anytime. Thank you. I appreciate you asking me to be on. It's been a while since I've seen you. So even though, you know, it's through the camera, I'm glad I got to see you. And uh, definitely next time I'm in Florida, I'll be coming by to say hi. Folks, if you will, please go to beyondcleanwithace.com. Like and share all of our podcasts. Uh, I got to tell you, uh, over on Podbean, we've uh, done a lot of live feeds. We're not doing live today there. Um, but uh I think 8,000 downloads here in the last few years. We appreciate all of that. If you want some of the video work that we do, go to our YouTube uh, site, uh, Academy of Clean. Please like and share what we're doing there. Share it so everybody knows what we're doing. There's a reason that we ask all these questions here at the end of the show, like where's she going next year? Because, you know, it's, it's not where you were born. It's not where you're doing today. It's not where you're in because we don't know where you're going to end yet. But we want you to make sure that that journey that you're on is healthy, positive, and proactive. Keep a smile on your face like Shalana Heller. (laughs) Thanks a lot. All right. Thank you.